It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Graham Ashcraft has a much bigger problem than just figuring out his third pitch whenever it comes to taking that next step. The good news is it's fixable. I'm going to tell you what that is on today's Locked on Red. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to make Locked On Reds part of your day. My name is Jeff Carr. I am the host of Locked On Reds alongside Steve Offenbaker, who was not with me today, but he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, We are both lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans and have turned our addiction into information for you here on the Locked On Reds podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day and thank you to all of our everydayers who are out there if you're an everydayer make sure you drop us a line in the comments section let us know and let us know how long of how long you've been a fan of the cincinnati reds when it comes to the reds we love talking about the reds so make sure you drop in the comment section drop a thought or hit us up on twitter you can find me at jeff carr with three f's and you can find steve at s offenbaker with two f's and on today's show graham ashcraft struggles again his third bad start in his last four outings, um, there, there's something that is key to his development that we are going to get into. Also, David Bell gave us a different lineup yesterday. Jonathan India wasn't leading off, and this intrigues me. I'll tell you why. And uh, let's dive a little bit more into Ben Lively as he readies for his second start today against uh, this time against the Cardinals. But we're going to start with Graham Ashcraft because we talked about this leading into yesterday's start, how the third pitch was really something he needed to figure out. And that was a key. That was something he talked about in the post game where he had a different feel for his, his third pitch. But with the numbers kind of being bad on Graham Ashcraft, it's not just the third pitch. The most recent clunker of a start can be attributed to the mental game. Because think about this, pitchers on the mound, I mean, they've got to have control over their reactions to how things go. I mean, especially if they think they threw a good pitch and they didn't quite get the result they were expecting, kind of like what Graham Ashcraft said plagued him on Tuesday night. I mean, not really. I mean, you go and look at the first inning and the last inning, like when I was like, I felt like I was really locked in on those two innings though. The other innings, I mean, there was just some stuff that kind of happened that I just didn't brush off. And it just, just one of those things. But, uh, I mean, I felt like when I was executing my pitches and putting them where I wanted to, I mean, I felt like they didn't really stand a chance. Like the Goldschmidt home run, like the second one, like felt like he was just kind of like out on a slider and, I mean, it's Goldschmidt. We all know he can hit the long ball. He's got some power. And he was able to just get enough behind it and poke it out. But, like, that, I thought that pitch was a really good pitch. I thought it was down off, and he just made a good swing on it. And it's just just one of those moments where just I just got frustrated, and I, it, was just, it kind of carried on. And the next thing you know, blue pit here, line drive in the gap here, just kind of just stuff just getting left over the heart of the plate. And they were just – 
executing on it. I mean, there were some sliders that kind of backed up a little bit, and I mean, they just didn't miss them. It's interesting that he mentions the second Goldschmidt homer as kind of a, a point of interest here because if you look at the baseball Samant numbers, the stat cast numbers, and really if you were just watching the game after that home run, felt like the Cardinals had a lot of hard contact and StatCast corroborated that. In fact, pretty much the next like six or seven hitters, he did get out of the inning after the Goldschmidt home run, but the next inning was really where he blew up. And it randomly started with a ground out by Wilson Contreras. Now he grounded out at 112 miles an hour. He crushed the ground out that he had. And that was just kind of a harbinger of things to come because there was a lot of hard contact against Graham Ashcraft overall on this evening. Excuse me. Statcast had said that the Cardinals hitters average exit velocity against Graham Ashcraft was over 91 miles an hour. And we talked about this before league averages 88. So they were absolutely clobbering the pitches that he threw. But as Ashcraft said, that was part, it, it was mostly due to him just being frustrated about that one pitch. And this is something that comes with time, right? I think Hunter Green has kind of of spoiled us on this. When it comes to Hunter Green's game, you never can tell when he is rattled because he is so calm and cool on the mound. He is so very zen, really, whenever he pitches. Graham Ashcraft has said this a couple of times now this season. He said, man, that, that really rattled me and it took me a minute. And, or, you know, I really got frustrated because I thought I threw a good pitch and he just clobbered it or, you know, things like that. And, He even says, and I think he was probably thinking about this a lot after he was pulled out of the game, but Paul Goldschmidt does that to everybody. There's no reason for Graham Ashcraft to get mad about that. And that's just something he's got to learn. It's like, okay, look, there are just dudes who sometimes they're going to beat me. That's why they are as good as they are. That's why they've won MVPs because there is no pitcher that intimidates them as much as we love the mentality of Graham Ashcraft being like, I'm going to beat everybody. All of my pitchers are just going to absolutely be untouchable. That's not always the case. Sometimes hitters are just better. And Paul Goldschmidt was in that scenario. And like he said, he can't let that balloon into what it became because he absolutely got destroyed. And, and, you know, you think about the mental game, you think about how guys kind of, you know, struggled with it and maybe harnessed it later on in their careers. Like I even go back to 2019 and Trevor Bauer. And we mentioned the way that he performed in 2019 after the trade, he was awful. Like if you go back and you look at what Bauer did after being traded here, he was pitching pretty poorly. And there were a lot of people that were wondering if the Reds got duped in that trade. Of course, we know what happened in the shortened season of 2020 goes out and he wins the Cy Young award. And then you look at Matt Harvey in 2018, they had some really good starts in there in that season. He had some really bad starts and he wasn't a guy that really talked a whole lot in the post game. So it wasn't as if he was going to divulge if he was in a spot where the game just got the better of him and he got frustrated, but you could see it on the mound. Anthony DiSclefani was another guy that I kind of thought of, you know, like early on in his career when he was healthy and stuff, he, he had some good starts that just blew up on him. Kind of like you see with Graham Ashcraft. I mean, Graham Ashcraft, even in the first inning, he allows the solo home run to Paul Goldschmidt to get the Cardinals scoring started off. But the rest of that inning was strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. He's got the stuff. He knows he can do this. He just has to get over that mental block. Um, and, and I, I think when he overcomes this, 
he is going to take that next step. This is not a situation where, well, he's got to do this and he's got to do this and he's got to fix this. Like it's the mental game. Once he learns that, my goodness, he is going to be so good. And now he did acknowledge, this was something we talked about before the start. He did acknowledge that the, the, the third pitch and, and Statcast called it a sinker. Um, but also I, in, in his interview, he calls it a two seam fastball. And he said, he's, he's really got to get this under control. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things I'm trying to figure out what it is, but I mean, today the two seam was actually sinking instead of staying flat or cutting. Uh, so, I mean, there were some flashes there of showing it, just keeping guys honest and not just letting them sit on the cutter or just the slider. And uh, I feel like once I can kind of dial that pitch back in and keep it to where they don't know if it's going to be coming in or going away, that it'll change that bats and they'll, they won't, the guys won't be able to just sit back and try to get underneath the ball. Having having the two seam to where I can throw something in to righties that's moving and moving away to lefties, I mean it's it's a big thing. That's what's so it's such a big aspect for me, just because I'm I mean my forcing has the natural cut and I throw a slider. I mean I don't have a change up, so it's like I need something that goes the other way, and that's my pitch to go the other way. And so if I can kind of harness that back in and fill the zone up with it, I mean it could it'll. I would think it would get back on track. So, Yeah, it's something that, I mean, you notice the way that his two pitches mostly work. The cut fastball, like you said, the four-seamer that kind of has a natural cutting action to it, and then the slider, which breaks pretty much the same way. So if a hitter is sitting on that plane, like they're like, okay, it's, it's going this direction. It might be a little bit more if it's a slider, a little bit less if it's a cutter, but I basically know where to put the bat then they're going to be able to hit him. And I think that's really what happened to him against the Cardinals as he was, he said, like, my two-seamer didn't do what I thought it was going to do. So you're not going to have confidence in that. That's going to be tough to throw on a regular basis. So I, I can see where the third pitch kind of messed with his head a little bit, but this was also in the same vein of when he's trying to just get over a couple of bad pitches that didn't go his way. And I think overall, once he gets this mental game figured out, the next step is just going to be so easy for him, but tough start. I mean, three, three bad starts in the last four. I said after the, uh, after the game, I thought that was, might've been the worst start that he's ever had. I was totally wrong. I mean, obviously the worst start he ever had was a couple of uh, starts ago when he didn't even get out of the second inning and he gave up eight runs. So uh, he's going through a lot of struggles right now. I think he's going to get through it that's part of this season is, is how do they take the next step? It's not just going to happen. We're going to see the warts. We're going to see the struggles and then we're going to see them come through on the other side. You know, David Bell employed a different lineup yesterday with one key difference that I find very intriguing. And I'll tell you why that is coming up next. Before we get into that though, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors for today's podcast. And that is rocket money. Try it free for 30 days, just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it, right? In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. 
Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Starz app that you really wanted to see the second Spider-Man movie on, and now it's, of course, on Disney+, Plus. so you don't need Starz anymore, but you're still paying for it. Rocket Money will, will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you, and for any you don't want to pay anymore, just hit cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. They also help you with budgeting on Rocket Money. They can help you track your spending and, and, and help you you know, cut back on spending. We all need a little bit of help with budgeting every now and then. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving in the average person of $720 a year. And that could be you. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB to find out how much they can help you save. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. The Reds have a chance to get back in the win column tonight against the Cardinals with first pitch at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time. Ben Lively gets his second start in a Reds uniform as he faces Steven Matz. Remember Steven Matz? When the Cardinals signed him, I really thought their pitching staff was going to take off, and he hasn't done much for them. Uh, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. I just jinked it. Uh, with SiriusXM, just download the SXM app and search Reds. Yeah, I just jinxed it. If, if Steven Matz goes off tonight, I'm sorry. I just, I totally just jinxed it. Uh, but thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Who should the Reds move on from and who should they move on to? Feels like there's been a couple of guys that a lot of the people have been like, man, is it time to get rid of this dude? We'll explore that on tomorrow's podcast. But you know, uh, the Reds had a different lineup yesterday. If you, if you saw it, TJ Friedel led off. Matt McLean hit second. So where's Jonathan India? He's batting third. He has been really the Reds' most consistent. I mean, TJ Friedel and Jonathan India have been the best of this Reds lineup. And it's not even really that much of an argument. Like, I mean, you could probably talk about some production you've gotten from Jake Fraley and maybe a little bit of Spencer steer, but the most consistent forces in this Reds lineup have been Jonathan India and TJ Friedel. And that's why the Reds top third of the order is producing the most of the runs right now for the team. And I think that David Bell's most recent lineup shift is going to try to spread that out a little bit more. Plus I've got a thought on how, we can take this a step further and we can improve the Reds lineup construction. It um, involves adding somebody from AAA. Uh, but first, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because India and Friedel have been the one-two punch that have really gotten the Reds wherever they've been so far this year. I mean, think about any games that the Reds lineup has just shoved. It's been because of Jonathan India and TJ Friedel. They are second and third if you look up Wins above replacement, according to baseball references calculation, they are second and third on the team. Alexis Diaz is number one. You have TJ Friedel at number two, and you have Jonathan India at number three. In fact, if you combine India and Friedel, they're worth over two wins above replacement. And they also, and for the hit stats specifically, I was looking at all these different stats and just how crazy it is. And baseball reference is my favorite website ever. And that always helps you out with things like this. But of the Reds' total hits that they've had so far this year, Jonathan India and TJ Friedel account for 24% of them. Yeah, two guys, almost a quarter of the team hits all so far this season. So how can the Reds take this and maximize it? Because we've, we've said before, we love the idea of them back-to-back. -back. We love India leading off and Friedel batting second. But here's the thing. Matt McClain is coming along. 
and he needs to be maximizing the number of at-bats he gets, is the second spot in the order the place that we're going to see Matt McClain for his entire career? That might not be the case, but the reason that he's batting there right now is twofold. He does have lots of talent. This lineup is kind of lacking pop, and he has shown it a lot in AAA so far this season, and he needs to get as many at-bats as possible. I don't really like him in the leadoff spot. And honestly, whenever he was called up, we talked about maybe he needs about fifth, sixth, you know, down in the lineup to take pressure off of him. But I like where David Bell put him because of the number of times he's going to see plate appearances. He just needs to get reps, right? At this point, just beginning your career, you just need to see more pitches. It's like anybody says about literally anything in life, like the way to become better at something is just to do it. You can read about it. You can learn about it. You can watch videos about it. TikToks about it, whatever you can see all that different stuff. But if you don't do it, you're not going to get better at it. So Matt McClain just needs to have as many at bats as possible. By the way, Graham Ashcraft and the bad pitching from him kind of buried the lead yesterday because Matt McClain hit his first career home run in case you didn't see it. A, uh, just a, a beautiful home run off of the 923 year old pitcher, uh, Adam Wainwright. But uh, McLean needs to maximize his at-bats. And really, if you look at the Reds lineup as currently constructed, the, the best fourth hitter is Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley has destroyed pitches with runners in scoring position this year. His slash line is a 442 average, 510 on base, and 814 slugging percentage. These are stats that you might have trouble getting in MLB The Show. That's how good he's been with runners in scoring position. He has four homers and 30 RBIs. Yeah, 30. We're not even at Memorial Day yet. Dude's got 30 RBIs with runners in scoring position. Needs to be somewhere fourth or fifth spot where they can absolutely utilize him. And you can you can see a lineup that is very successful with Tyler Stevenson hitting behind him. Yesterday was the first day that, you know, you kind of had the the – the one, two, three punch there in the middle of the lineup of Jake Fraley, Tyler Stevenson, Spencer steer. And you give a lot of lineup protection to Stevenson with those two guys on either side of him. He still went over four. It's a work in progress. He's there's something off with him. And I think that he's trying to work through that. Here's the thing though, with this way, with the way the lineup looks now, you got India batting third and things like that. Now's the perfect time to call up Ellie de la Cruz. In fact, let's be honest, a week ago, a month ago, okay, a month ago, I think he was still on the IL, but a week ago, you could have called him up. This guy's ready. He is showing everything possible, including on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Sports Info Solutions, one of my favorite Twitter followers uh, to get information on baseball from, tweeted out something that in, in minor league baseball right now, he is like one of the very few shortstops who have a positive defensive run saved, which is a beautiful defensive stat that kind of helps you understand the value of a player at his position. He has two defensive runs saved. Pretty much the majority of shortstops in minor league baseball have a negative defensive run saved. But that's that's barely he's hitting the ball like crazy. I don't know if you've seen the different stats that he's had in the, the game where he had three balls hit over 115 miles an hour, and no team has done that ever, let alone one player. And, and, and he just does things that other people just, they, you know, they do the whole Chris Farley gif of, like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, they, they drop their glasses like, what the heck? This is amazing. 
we got to get him upper right now because he could bat fourth or fifth. And then you're talking about a lineup that's starting to have some dudes that other pitchers have to take notice of. We've talked about that a lot this year, that the, the, the Reds lineup has seemingly act uh, lacked teeth this year. Yeah, they, they can build rallies and they can, you know, get a bunch of dudes on over and in, but there's not that one dude who can step up to the plate and the pitcher's got to be like, all right, I got to tighten this up. I got to tighten the zone. I got to make sure I don't throw it here. Make sure I don't throw it here because we got too many guys on the roster right now where pitchers are going, I know I can throw it here and he ain't touching it. And you could start to see that if you bring up Ellie De La Cruz, you're going to transform this lineup. And then, I mean, you could be talking about, so let's hypothetically put him fourth. All right, you've got TJ Friedel leading off. You've got Matt McClain batting second, India third. You've got Ellie De La Cruz fourth, Jake Fraley fifth. It's a pretty darn good top five. Then you've got Tyler Stevenson batting sixth. Maybe he sees that and says, all right, they're really starting to challenge me here as I'm now in the bottom fourth of the or bottom half of this lineup. Him batting sixth. Then you've got Spencer Steer batting seventh. Yes, Spencer Steer batting seventh. Nick Senzel, who's been hitting amazingly, batting eighth. And then you've got, you know, whoever's catching for that day or um, if Tyler Stevenson's catching, maybe, I, I don't know, you have somebody else down there at the bottom, if it's still Barrero or whoever it might be, uh, would be your ninth hitter. But then you're kind of looking at a lineup that you say, this has potential. We've got a lot of guys in here that can really start doing some stuff. And I think that they're just an Ellie De La Cruz away. And if you call up CES as well, we're, we're going to have a fun lineup. It's, it's going to be a fun lineup. And I don't know. I, I really want to see that happen here soon because, look, to this point in the season, the Reds' top third of the order has been producing the most. But David Bell has begun the transformation of turning the lineup into something that will be able to produce at all nine parts of the lineup. But... Uh, Coming up, uh, Ben Lively. That's a name that I didn't expect to talk a lot about this year, uh, but his first start has earned him another one. So who is he? We dive into Ben Lively coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want you to dive into some bird dogs because they seriously are the most comfortable shorts I have ever worn. They feel so light. It's almost like you're not wearing anything at all, but you can walk out in public in, in these because they look good too. They kind of bridge that gap between comfortable and fashionable or at least presentable because I got a lot of basketball shorts that my wife doesn't want me leading the house with, but I can do this with bird dogs because you can go from the golf course. You can even swim in them. They've got like a liner to them. You can swim in them. You can just relax on the porch. You can go out on a date. Bird dogs have you covered with all of that great stuff. And in the moment that I put on my first pair, I knew that these were different. You know, they, they fit in all the right places. The, the legs are big enough. The, the, you know, you've got enough room in there to enjoy your shorts. There's a lot of pair of shorts you put on and you're like, okay, I know I can go somewhere in these, but these suck. Bird dogs don't. Bird dogs don't suck. They're amazing. Go get you some bird dogs today. And you can go to uh, birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and you can enter the promo code locked on MLB to get a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for seriously the most comfortable pair of shorts you will ever own. 
Reds and Cardinals get going tonight at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time. The Reds are 12 and 16. Sorry, almost said that wrong. <clears throat> the Reds are 12 and 16 after a loss this year. Fun stat to know. You can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. And you can also follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, including on YouTube. If this is your first time watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe and click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you because we're here every day because Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Uh, also, follow us in between episodes on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right. Um, this might be a overreaction after one start, but uh, is Ben Lively a dark horse candidate for a future rotation spot? Probably not, right? He's not even a guy that we really expected to get any starts this year. But let's look at this, because before this season, Ben Lively had pitched one inning for the Royals in 2019, and he allowed three runs in that inning. That was the last time he pitched before the Reds called him up and he came in relief in the New York Mets in, in, in the, the game when the Reds shut out the New York Mets. That's a long layoff, and he was overseas pitching, uh, I believe it was in Korea, a lot and really kind of working on himself as a starter because he was, he came up as a Philly and he was actually a starter for the Phillies in 2017. He made 15 starts, pitched 88 and two thirds innings with a 4.26 ERA. You know, that's fine, right? 88 and two thirds inning only had 52 strikeouts and he did have 24 walks. So he's never been a guy that profiles as a high strikeout pitcher or anything like that, at least coming up. Now, the next couple of years after that, he got progressively worse and never made any more than five starts in a season, 2018 and 2019. Part of that had to do with injuries, but a lot of that just had to do with kind of the mental frustrations of the game. We talked about this with Graham Ashcraft needing the next hurdle for him, the big hurdle for him to get over is the mental side of the game. And that's really something that Ben Lively spoke to as something that kind of plagued him early on in his season or early on in his career and kind of something he felt like going overseas has helped him overcome. And, and also, you know, speaking to the injuries and things like that, Ben Lively has never felt better than he does right now. Yeah, I, I really do. Like I got to mature a lot. I learned a lot of new stuff when I was overseas. And I honestly feel like I'm a better pitcher now than when I first got called up. Just being more like focused and having a better approach towards the better hitters and not just being a fired up little kid, pretty much. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, he's getting this opportunity because the Reds have an injury to Nick Lodolo and the Reds have a, a, a plan to finally call up some young guys at some point this season that we just don't know when. So until they do that, there's a rotation spot or two that needs to be covered. And Ben Lively really did well in his first appearance. If you, if you don't know what he did, that was a five and two thirds innings against the Yankees of beautiful baseball. I mean, wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad either. Something that I want to see some more of and really kind of when he's, he looked back at his career and, and this wasn't in the clip that I had, but it was something in an Inquirer article that uh, Bobby Nightingale wrote, which by the way, shout out to Bobby, this is his last homestand as a Cincinnati Reds beat writer. But, 
Uh, ben Lively had this to say when he was talking to, to Bobby. He said, I used to get so frustrated. It was a maturity thing. I've learned to drop it and how to reset a lot quicker. I've gotten back to attack mode, and that's been a huge game changer for me. I, I love this story about Ben Lively, and, and maybe it goes nowhere. Maybe he's the next Connor Overton that gives us like four starts and then disappears or something like that. But I, I love the kind of redemption arc that Ben Lively has been through. And I think that it's easy for us to look at Ben Lively and say, you're not Levi Stout or you're not Andrew Abbott, you know, guys that we expect to be part of the Reds pitching staff in the future. But there's things like this about baseball that make it such a beautiful game. I mean, he, he is the kind of dude that goes through those early career struggles. And I mean, he barely pitched at all in 2018 and 2019. And when he did pitch, he was relief pitching for the Royals. And we talked about this with Luke Weaver is, you know, he couldn't even start for the Royals. Why is he starting here? But there's a bit of redemption in all of this. And the fact that he's been able to pitch overseas and really kind of get his game right, get his mind right for the mental side of this. He's got an interesting profile. He mostly has a four seamer and a slider that he, he throws and the slider is pretty dangerous as you saw against the Yankees, but he can also throw a sinking fastball, a changeup, and a curveball, which give him quite the arsenal. He's the kind of guy that, you know, he's not going to overpower with any one pitch, but at least he can kind of be in the hitters mind a little bit by saying, you know, he can't just throw one or two pitches. He's got a couple other ones that I've got to worry about too. So there's something here. I don't, I don't necessarily know, especially after one start that I'm saying, okay, could he be here a while? Maybe not. You know, this, this might be a guy, another, could, we've seen so many get me there type pitchers, get me from a to B, get me from, we don't have anybody to when we have somebody and Ben lively might just be another one in a long list of names, but the fact that he's gotten here cannot be undersold because he has seen a career arc that a lot of folks either don't come back from, or maybe they stay overseas or maybe they retire at some point and become a coach. He's back. He's on the mound. He's pitching. I'm curious to see how he continues to go. Probably looks more like a long relief pitcher. Uh, if, if he is going to be a part of this reds future, but I mean, we we've talked about the value of that. I'm not saying a mop up guy. Whenever things go bad, I'm talking about a dude who can come in and give you two or three innings when you need them. And if that is who Ben lively ends up being, then we could kind of see some of that develop as he is getting these emergency starts, hopefully what we're thinking of as emergency starts. I don't want the reds to, to really dive into Ben lively and think, okay, this guy's going to be part of the rotation in the future, but he is the kind of guy that it's, it's easy to root for. And, and the kind of dude that I think we can all get behind as we love this game of baseball so much. All right, that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Lockdown Reds. Before we get out of here, don't forget, you can watch every pitch, or you can uh, listen to every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Uh, just search Reds on the SXM app. But that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Who should the Reds move on from, and who should they move on to? We'll explore some names that people have been asking to get rid of here uh, recently, but that's going to do it for us today. Make sure that you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app and here on YouTube, because we 
are going to be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.